I'm excited about the fact that God will not let us fall. I am excited about the fact that he preserves us. I'm excited about the, about the fact that the devil can do his worst, but God is always on our side. And he covers us. Even when we fall, there is a rising up. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. If there's anyone who seeks that we'll be destroyed and be cast down, it's not God. It is Satan. We can have total confidence in God's goodness towards us in every situation. To the point that even when we have totally failed and it is just so clear, he knows before it happens. And even before it happens, he makes room for you to stand again. Hallelujah. When the wind is going to blow, and winds do blow, and he knows this wind, it will blow you down. He knows it will blow you down. He knows you won't stand this one. Even in that, he makes preparation for us to stand again. Hallelujah. So we, are, we can be confident that in, in his hands, it is safety, and it is safety, and it is safety. To God be the glory. Now, I want to say that in, um, in <laughs> sometimes in life, when you are doing something and you're not too sure about whether it is God or it's not God, it is very easy to accept when you see the enemy come against you, come at you. Because then you can say, well, I'm not really sure that this is God or this, or this is not God. But sometimes it is really God. It is God in it. And the hand of the devil will be so clear in the thing. Now, the truth of the matter is this. When God's major work probably is going on, you find alongside then the enemy also doing his excellent one. I mean, his best. So you find the two running side by side. But we know who have the victory. God. But sometimes it becomes so challenging. But I trust God that we will be encouraged this afternoon, as we look into the Word of God. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 22. I will read a few verses from the verse 1, and then we will go to verse 32. 
We thank you, God, for you are good and loving. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for the mercies. Thank you for the kindness. Thank you for the truth you continually share with us to encourage our hearts. That our hearts will be established and not be moved. Thank you, Father, for this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. For they feared the people. So here we have the chief priests and the scribes plotting how to kill Jesus. Now, what kind of a work is this? Is it a work of God or a work of the, of the devil? This is certainly Satan's work. Then in verse 3, he says, Then entered Satan. Now he says it very, very plainly without mentioning. He says, Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot. So Judas Iscariot. Satan entered him, who being one of, one of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him. And they were glad and covenanted to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. So we see the devil's work going on right here. Planning to get Jesus. Now come with me to verse 30. Okay, verse 31. Verse 31. So after, after that, it was, a, it was during the Passover. So Jesus will ask Peter and John to go and prepare a place for the Passover. They will do that and they sit down to eat meal. At the end of the meal, Jesus will break the bread and say, do this in, in remembrance of me. He will take the cup and sip and ask them to do that. And he said, I have desired to have this uh, meal with you. For this, this will be my last time until I drink it again with you in the kingdom. Um, but there's one amongst you who's going to betray me. So he knew going to, going to be betrayed. And um, they asked themselves, who is it, who am I, blah, blah, blah. And um, it ends there. And interestingly, they begin to talk about who, who is the greatest. So after Christ addressed the issue of greatest amongst them, he now turns and tells Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he will sift you as wheat. Then in verse 32, he says, but I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. Hello. He has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. Now, I want to say that Satan's job is to do evil, do bad, destroy God's people. That's his whole agenda. And um, he's always planning, he's always asking for, planning, uh, for permission to destroy people. Actually, I would say that he had put in an application 
So he will sift Peter as wheat. But Jesus Christ said, well, when he put that application in, I prayed for you. So, and that's what he does. Um, that is what he does. Always putting plans, always putting applications so he'll get, he'll, he'll get God's people to save them as wheat or to destroy them. Now, why do I say this? In Job 1, in Job 1, we have this typical, uh, we, we, have, we, we have this classic uh, uh, story where Satan appears, Job chapter 1, verse 3, from verse 3, from verse, from verse 3. The, okay, from the verse 6, from the verse 6, it, is, it, say, it, it states that there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before God, that Satan also appeared, right? Now, sometimes people have the idea that God and Satan never meet, you know, and there's no discussion amongst them, and they are so worse enemies. The, the point is that, hey, God sees him. Okay, God sees him, and God has chats with him. Here we see a case in point where God has a chat with him. He comes there, and then God asks him, Satan, verse 7, he says, Satan, where have you come from? And then he says, well, my, my, my issue job, I mean, going up and down the earth, going to and fro the earth. I'm sure, like Peter says, looking for whom I may devour. Because uh, here he says he goes to and fro, but in in Peter, we are, we, are, we are told that he goes to and fro, seeking him whom he may devour. Um, so here, he, makes, he tells God that he's been going to and, to and fro and up and down the earth. And then God says, have you seen my servant Job? <laughs> that in the earth, there is none like him. Um, none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an, and, a, and an upright man. One that feared God and eschews or hates evil. And Satan goes, you know what? You, as he goes, he said, you, sir, does Job fear you for nothing? Has thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? You've blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the, in the land. Now, that tells us, that in itself tells us some, some, something. That when a person's work is blessed, it is not by human weight or wisdom or ability. It is a working of God. When you've got things going smoothly, when you've got things running for you, things blossoming, it is God who's doing it. To him be glory. And then in verse 11, he says, but put forth thy hand and touch all that he has and see if he will not curse you to the face. And what do we see in verse 12? The Lord said, Behold, all that he has is yours. Only upon himself put not thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence and did exactly that. So what do we see here? So we see here that as far as God's people are concerned, Satan does not have free access Hello, I began by saying he puts in application so he can sift as wheat. So it's clear he does not just come up, he can't just come up, just come around you and just mess things up. Hello, 
is by application. And when God allows, he allows up to a certain point. Like the Gospels uh, like, uh, in the New Testament, it said that he will not allow a temptation that is too much to come upon you. So even the temptation that comes your way is all tailored. It's, so sometimes when we say, oh, this is too much. No, no, no. It can't be too much because God loves you. It can't be above what you can handle. Praise God. So here we see that concept so, so clear. Now go to chapter 2, verse 1. If you can go there in your Bibles, please. Chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, here. Okay. Chapter, sorry. The, the last verse of chapter 1. Let's go to the last verse of, of, of chapter 1. Where Satan does not waste time. He goes ahead and then does what he loves to do. Evil. So he goes there, kills his children, destroys his things. The only thing he, did, he left standing for Job was his wife. Because he knows that the wife was a tool, I mean, a tool that he could, he could use. Because later on, the, the wife tells Job, you know what? Just curse God and die. And see, please don't let us think that every woman is like that. It was just that Job's, woman was, Job's wife was like that. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Then in verse 22, the Bible says that in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. So all that he's done, he maintained his ground. Everything went away, but Job still maintained his ground. But that did not satisfy he who goes to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. So in chapter 2 verse 1, he comes up again, he appears again. Uh, and again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the, the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said again to say, so, Again, where have you come from? See, God did not say, Go away. You are my adversary. He welcomed him and, and, and had a chat with him. Because he's no match for God. Hello. You know, there is, a tr there is this tr thing. It is only when people cannot stand you because you are a match for them, then they will move heaven and hell to want to dismiss you. But God knows how to handle the devil. I mean, he's no match for him. It was, you know, in Egypt... The reason why Israel was, went through all that, all that they went through was because a new king came up. And what did the new king say? These people might rise up against us. So it was for fear. And the Bible says it clearly that it was for fear that they did all the evil they did against Israel. Fear. But God has no such fear with Satan. Amen. He is God all by himself. Created all things by himself. And he can eliminate any that he wants to. He is God. Amen. 
So he asked him again and said, well, still doing my business, going to and fro. And we know what he, going to and fro is from Peter, seeking whom he may devour. And then in verse 3, God asked him again, have you considered my servant Job? And there's none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man. And now watch this. One that feared God and hates evil. And, he, and still, he holds fast his integrity. Although you move me against him to destroy him without cause. And I thought that's evil. If, there's an, if, if someone wants to define evil, I think this is it. You want me to destroy him without cause. So now we know who Satan is. He's a person who destroys without cause. What has Peter done wrong? That he seeks to sift him, have him, and sift him as wheat. You don't need to do anything for the devil to have you to want to sift you as wheat. No. Without cause. That is his plan. And I think that is terrible. That I, I, I find that amazing that you want me to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered. He didn't end. I mean, he doesn't care. Basically, he doesn't care. He says, he said, skin for skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, right. All that a man has, he will give for his, for his, for his, for his life. God said, you are moving me to, to, to destroy him without cause. He said, yeah, right. A man will give anything for, for his life. Take his life and, and, and see. And then see what God says. Verse 6. And the Lord said, behold, he is in thy hands. But again, spare his life. So he cannot go beyond the command of the Lord. Hello. He cannot go beyond the command of the Lord. So here in Luke, here in Luke 22, what we see is, he tell, um, Jesus, Luke, uh, Luke 22 verse 32. 31 and 32. Jesus makes Peter or Simon understand that Satan has put forward such a request. He has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. And when you are converted... So the prayer is not going to stop <laughs> what he's planted, what he's put application in for. It will happen. But I've prayed for you. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. And I found that I thought, this is so encouraging. He knew darkness is coming upon this son of man, this uh, this soul. And he said, you know what? It will come. But I prayed for you. So when you get back to your feet, when you are, when, when you are back on your feet, 
strengthen others. When you are back on your feet, strengthening others. This is Jesus speaking. Do we realize that? This is Jesus speaking. So this is the heart and mind of Christ. When you are converted, when you find yourself on your feet again, strengthening others. What does the church say? Once you've had a fall, just stay in your room, read your Bible to yourself, don't encourage nobody, because you are no example to anybody. Contrary to what is being taught here. When you are converted, strengthening others. My goodness. Doesn't, don't the church read this? We say, oh, no, no, brother, you had a fall last week. You, you had a fall. Oh, no, 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 no. You, 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 you are not qualified to talk to us any, 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 anymore. Totally against what Christ says here. When you are converted, strengthening your brethren. My goodness, what a God we serve. What a God. What a God. So Jesus made room for Peter's fall and everything. And, um, but you know, being man, man being who he is, verse 33, man being who he is, who believes himself, has confidence in, him, in himself, tells Jesus, Jesus, I will go to prison with you. And I will even die. Did he say die for you or die with you? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go with thee. Both into prison. <laughs> and to death. <laughs> Jesus is telling you. He could read your heart. <laughs> like your palm. Says to you. It's darkness. This darkness is not only for, for you. I'm having mine. You, you're having yours. But when yours come, I say, I've prayed for you. So when you're converted, <laughs> strengthen others. I was, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Please keep me. He says, no, 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 no. I will go, even if, even if it's prison, I'll go with you. And death, I'll die with you. So, I believe Jesus will not have said what he said afterwards. But so that Peter will understand that he knows more than he, he says, verse 34. He says, Peter, or Simon. Well, he calls him Peter this time around. The cock shall not crow this day. That is, before the cock crows, you would have denied three times that you ever knew me. So go into prison and die with me. For, forget it. Because you will deny you ever knew me. God have mercy. Okay. So he left it there. And that was it. All right. 
So eventually, praise God. Now, don't forget, Satan has entered the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. The chief priests themselves are plotting against Jesus. So it's a dark shadow being cast. And everyone is getting his, his bit. And there are days like that. In Ephesians, we are told that there's an evil day. And I don't know, but once in every Christian's life, there'll, there'll be an evil day. I don't know whether it's once or but at least once. There'll be an evil day. Basically, a day where it's just trouble. It's just a period where it's just bad. A season where things are just, everything just working. Nothing is running smooth. And especially, look at this instance. This is a very sad moment. A very sad day. That the creator of heaven and earth, the maker of mankind has come amongst them. And this moment, this season, they are planning to kill him. The maker of man has come amongst them. And men are planning to kill him. No wonder when he hung on the cross, the sun said, I will not shine. I can't behold my creator. Put it this way. Right. That is speaking in human terms. But at the same moment, Christ, what Christ was going to do on the cross was going to be a, a historic event. That from his sacrifice, man will be reconciled to God again. The greatest work of God was about to be done in the earth. And at the same moment, the devil was also planning his worst. Kill the God man. So sometimes when you see the greatest work of God about to shoot for all going on, then you see the enemy also lifting his head to do the worst possible. The worst. Now, I just want to quickly just point out three things that the enemy does. Three things that we need to, that's the, in, this, in, this, in this passage. Verse 39. One of the things that the 
one of the things that the enemy does is that, you know, when he brings this dark times around and he's asked for his plan, his permission to do whatever he, he, he wants to do and he's doing it and causing trouble here and there and uh, there's so much sorrow around. No happiness, no joy. I mean, people are not smiling. People are not giggling about as they used to. I mean, it's not, the sun is not shining. What he does is, he suggests, it's a time of sorrow, sleep. But according to Jesus, when, it, when there is sorrow, you don't, when times of sorrow come, you don't sleep. He said, oh, you are too sad. Yes, relax. You can't do any Christian, any godly thing. Just relax. Just sleep. Verse 39. And he came out and went as he went to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray! That ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about the stones cast and knelt, kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt remove this cup from me, nevertheless not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. This is Jesus in his human body. Why would a man need strengthening? A man needed strengthening. The man needed strengthening because he needed strength. It, mean, it simply means that strength wasn't there. Remember, this dark shadow being cast is not just for Peter alone. He's also having his. And he went to pray. He told the people before he, before he left, pray so you will not enter into temptation. Hello? Praise God? But, so he went and prayed. And in his prayer, he was strengthened by an angel. So, now let's go on. And being in agony, and being in agony, He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was in agony. The thing, it was agonizing. As we understand, during this last moment, the Lord has revealed unto him all that he was going to face and it was really agonizing. He has even asked the Father if it was possible to let him miss this cup. But looking at you and me, he said, anyway, not my will. Let your will be done. So he endured and he prayed and he was strengthened. But what happens? He prayed, he was strengthened. 45, and when he arose from the prayer, from, from prayer, and was come to his disciples, he found them, what? Sleeping for sorrow. 
Yeah, sleeping for sorrow. They're so sorrowful. The only thing we can do is just sleep. And then what does he tell them? He says, why sleep ye? Because they are sorrowful. He says, no. Rise and pray. Lest ye enter into temptation. So when you are sorrowful, the enemy says, sleep. He says, no, pray. During those sorrowful moments, when things have gone so down, he said, during this time, pray. And you will be strengthened. Because he prayed. He went to pray. And he was strengthened. But they were sleeping for sorrow. That's the enemy's trick. That was what he used. And Peter was among that group. Hello? Peter was among that group. His dark moment is coming. He's all sorrowful. What's going to happen to his master? So they all slept off. Things have gone so bad. Things are not going all the way. Things are not going cool. Everything is just so rough. Everything. Ah, you've had so. Just come there. Just come home and uh, you know, just sleep. Just, just sleep it off. No, Jesus say, pray it off. Pray and you'll be strengthened. To God be the glory. So that was the first thing he had done in Peter's life. That during times of sorrow, during the time when everything was just going so dark, he said, just asleep, and they all slept. But the counsel of Jesus was to pray in that moment of sorrow. Okay. Now let's, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, let's move on. Verse 54. So eventually, they don't pray. Okay, let's look at this before I go. 50, let's. For 49. And when, they, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said un, uh, unto him, Lord, shall we smite with a sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right. So the moment of darkness has actually come. Judas has led them. He's come to kiss his master with a, uh, betray his master with a, with a kiss. And they now won't have Jesus. And listen to what Jesus Christ says. 51. He just answered and said, Suffer ye thus. And he touched his ear and healed. <laughs> then Jesus said unto the chief priest and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out against a, a thief with swords and staves? And this word is amazing. He says, When I was with, when I was daily with you in the, in the temple, ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour. And the power of darkness. This is your hour. And the power of darkness. So basically, this is a time of the power of darkness to display what is displaying. Because if I was an evil person, why didn't you catch me in the, in the open? But here you've come in the night secretly, secretly to, to get me. Because it is the hour of darkness. For him to act. So they took him away. Later on, he would tell Pilate, 
Pilate. He said, won't you do something? He said, you know what? Don't you think I have the power to release you? He says, do you know what? My kingdom is not of this place, of this, of this earth. It, if it was, my people will fight. Let it be. And now this is what happened. So they take Jesus away. And then when they're taking him away, 54 says, Then they took, then took they him away and let him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter, hello? And Peter, what did he do? He followed afar off. So the enemy's tactics. The first one was, you see, sleep. What is the moment of sorrow? So that when a temptation comes, it will really get you. <laughs> the next thing that happens here was, he was following afar off. Didn't he say, I'll go to prison with, with you? Now he's following from far. Hey, trouble has come. Destruction has set in. Things are not good. Things are bad. He says, you know what? From the way things are, Peter, watch out. Just step back a bit, you know? Just step back. And that's very, very typical of the average Christian, you know? Things get rough. Things get a bit tough. And the moment things get a bit rough and a bit tough, uh, things are not going straight as they ought to go, you know, when the Lord was here, like, and they were with the Lord like that, they begin to do this, you know. They begin to, uh, you know, watch, watch to see whether, you know, watch out, watch out, watch out. Uh, I, I'm taking it easy. You know, I'm, I'm not. The church people, these days, you know, I'm wising up. I'm growing in Christ. So I'm learning to, you know, watch my steps. What I, what I say. So these days I don't come amongst you. I don't, I don't speak too plainly. I don't come up boldly. Now I'm, I'm minding my words. Now I'm, I'm watching my language. And, you know, I'm following from afar. Even the Bible I read at home. I don't come to for, 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 for fellowship. I know it says do not forsake the assembly of the brethren. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm being careful these days. Following from Afar. Wrong strategy. That's the enemy's ta- tactics. When challenges and trouble come, you don't follow from afar. Oh, we are waiting. When everything gets right and blossoming, then we jump in again. But for now, we are following from afar. Working to see how it might not go well. It might go well. So let's. So that if it goes well, we are. Then we come back. If it doesn't go well, then, you know, um, we're already out. Following from afar. That is a strategy of the enemy. So one, so it's, 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 a, it's a time of sorrow. No time to pray. I mean, no time to, uh, prayer is difficult. When you, uh, how can I even pray? You know, you know, you know when, when these things happen, this is a normal excuse. You know, you know when, these, when these things happen, you can't even pray. And then people say, oh, yeah, yeah, we all understand. God, even God understands. No, Christ doesn't. 
It was in a moment of sorrow he told them, rise and pray. So if a person ever deceives himself, oh, you know, God even understands that I'm going through so much. That's the reason why I'm not able to pray as I used to. No, God doesn't understand. Because the Bible says clearly, Christ said, rise and pray. And this is, P- this is Peter now following from afar. What happened to the... Christ is in prison right now. He's been confined. But now he's following from afar. Because he doesn't want to <laughs> be involved. <laughs> I don't want to get too involved with, with these with issues. I think, it is, I, I think they've got too many issues. So I, I want to follow from afar. It's a strategy of the enemy. Then, the next thing that happens is, 55, the, the next thing that happens, when he manages to get people to follow from afar, the next thing, the, next, the last thing that we see here that the enemy does is, he makes you warm yourself among those who hate God. You are no longer warming yourself among those who love God. Now you begin to warm yourself among the haters of Christ. 54. Uh, um, 5. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down amongst them. This is a habitation of those who hate Christ and have caught him to kill him. And now here, Peter comes, following from, a, from, a, from afar, joins them, warming themselves. Basically, fellowshipping with the haters of God. So now, your companions are those outside the church of God. Your companions are now the, those, who, you know, those who hate Christ. Those are the people whose words now ring truth. Take consolation from them. Take encouragement from them. Now you find them more appealing. I mean, oh, they are better. But you know what? No matter how you join them, if you're a child of God, they still see you as different from them. Because there is something on the inside of you. It may be dark around you, but inside, there is, the light is still on. Hallelujah. The moral light still goes on, shining brighter and brighter. Even though around you, it's dark. That light never goes off. Because Christ is there. So you will try to fit in, and you won't fit in. They will soon let you know. They know you are not one of them. So Peter is warming himself, having fellowship with the haters of Christ. A place he never thought he would ever be. But here he finds himself. And what follows? But, but, 56, but a certain maid, a woman came along and beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked 
upon him and said, this man was also with him. There is, there is something about you that will betray you, that you are not one of the haters of God. There is something. So they, they could tell this man, he was one of the people. He's different from us. What does Peter say? He says, and he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. After three years, I know him not. Okay, then 58. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also with, of them, this time around, them. You are part of them. Okay? You belong to them. That Jesus group. That Christ group. And then Peter says, He says, Man, I am not one of them. <laughs> I am not one of them. You know what? Once he's laid his hands upon you, you are his. Your mouth may declare it. The mouth may declare it. But you are his. <laughs> Hello. Those are his marked for himself. He's marked them. He's marked them. And he sat there. He continued to sit there, warming himself, feeling okay amongst them. So he's now he's 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 managed to tell two 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 people. He doesn't know them. He doesn't know him. He doesn't know them. Sorry, he doesn't know him. He's not one of them. That Jesus group. Ah, okay, now he's fine. So they left him for about one hour. The devil made him enjoy himself for about one hour. That's about 60 minutes. Okay? Sat there for 60 minutes. 360 seconds, right? Is that correct? 360 seconds. That, that, that's a lot. Almost, almost 400 seconds. He sat there. Then, another person came. And then he said, after one hour, another confidently, this one was confident, after one hour, after having been with them, you see, when you've been with them for, for, for a, initially you may deceive them, but after a while, you cannot deceive them any longer. Because now they can pick out what happens. Of a truth, this fellow was also with them, for he's a Galilean. Your language will betray you. Your language is now kingdom language. You now say things like, thanks be to God. And they don't say, thanks be to God. They even want to curse him. That you, you, you will say things like, oh, God was so good to me. They will not say, God, God was so good to me. You say, ah, I was blessed. Ah, I, am, I am so blessed. Look, what happened? They will not say things like that. They will say, I'm lucky. Because the thing is, by chance, things this happen. 
So the language by itself will just betray that, hey, you are a marked one for the Lord. And this one, what does he say? He say, and Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. This time around, I don't even have any clue what you're, what you're talking about. I have no knowledge. I have no knowledge of what you're talking about. I'm clueless. What are you talking about? After three years. And interestingly, and immediately, while he was just speaking, the cock crew. And the Lord turned his back. <laughs> Sorry, turned his head and then looked at Peter. He turned and looked at Peter. At that particular moment, Jesus, Jesus just turned and looked at Peter. Which means... Although he was not watching Peter all along, he knew moment by moment where Peter was, the responses he was giving, he was aware of all of them. He knew everything. He knew. So at the particular moment, he just turned. Then I tell you, this is what you will do. Isn't it amazing? That even in the failings and everything, he knows every moment of our lives. He knows it. He knows every moment. He turned and looked at Peter. And then Peter immediately left the place. Now he left and wept bitterly. Of course, Peter repented. Yes, of course. And we know Peter stood on his feet. To God be the glory. Why? Because Jesus prayed for him. Hello. He prayed for him. He will not let you fall. Hallelujah. He will not let you fall. The good news is now that Jesus is no longer here to pray for you. He's no longer here to pray for you and me. But there is something he's already done. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 and 11. It says. It says. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the. Verse 10. Verse 10 says. And I heard a loud voice saying, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Hallelujah. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. Which accused them before God day and night. And then what does he say in, the verse, in verse 11? For they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. He was continually making accusations against God's people. Making accusations against God's, God's people. But to God be the glory. Hallelujah. Now, the blood of Christ now 
speaks for you and me. Praise God. The blood speaks for you and me. It speaks for you and me. He may come up with anything that he wants to come up with. I want to sit. I want to do that. I want to do. But the blood speaks for us. It's a done deal. Hallelujah. So do not say, where is Christ? That he will pray for me. His blood has spoken for us. Amen. And the Bible now says that now there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk after the flesh but walk after the spirit. Romans 8 verse 1. Hallelujah. There is therefore now no condemnation. So he's done it. He may do his dirty works. He may do all those things. Come with all, all those. It does not stand. Because we stand. Not condemned. But justified in Christ. Having on ourselves his righteousness. He will come with all the things that he want to come with. But hey. The victory is ours. To God be the glory. For the victory is ours. We may have challenges. We may fall. But we will rise. Because our God is for us. There's nothing that shall separate us from the love of Christ. Not death, not trouble, not persecution, not principalities. Nothing above or below will separate us from his love. Even before the trial times comes, he's already made room for our standing. Hallelujah. That room has already been made. His blood. Amen. It's a done deal. We stand in him. Praise God. Believers, sons of God, do not go out of their way to go and practice sin or do evil. When the enemy shall come up with all the dark shadows and the trouble and, and, and everything, even though we may sleep, we will still stand because we are marked by Christ. But let's note this is tactics. Sorrowful times, it's time for no prayer. It's time for sleeping. No. Christ says it is, it is time for praying. And it's time for moving along with Jesus. It is no time for fellowship with haters of God. It is time for more fellowship with the brethren. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. I, I love this. That Jesus is there for us. Hey, we are not of them who have confidence in ourselves. We have none. For we know that in our human strength, we will not stand. I remember this interesting story of um, a young minister who was watching Christian Channel. And this 
Adam, young minister, well, not so young, but up and come, I'm, I'm, a minister, another minister was asking a veteran minister who was just about to go to glory. I mean, quite, quite, quite aged. Ask this minister on TV. What do you, what is your best counsel for me as a minister? And this guy said, he got his pen and his paper ready to write because no, he, he was going to have nuggets I mean, of, of truth. So he got ready. And then this veteran minister says, tell, says, let the Lord keep you. And he said, oh. So he said to me, ah, I was ready to write. And then all, he, all, he, all he said was, let the Lord keep you. He said, oh. Oh, oh. He was so disappointed. Looking back later, I felt, I felt this man had no clue. That was the greatest piece of information he could ever pass. Let the Lord keep you. God, keep me, for I cannot keep myself. It is he who keeps us. Amen. He knows what we can handle, what we cannot handle. He knows. Whether the wind will blow you down or it will keep you standing, he knows. But plans have already been made that you stand. I don't know. Maybe you're hearing me this afternoon. If you've had any falling down, hey, rise up and begin to strengthen others. It's not a time to cocoon yourself. No. He said, you know what? I don't think I'm an example to anybody. No. Yes, you are. You've been down and up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you're still standing, all right, in terms of have no trouble coming your way to blow you off, making you shaking your faith or whatever, don't count in your own strength. Continue to count in his strength. Keeping us. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you, Father. We rejoice in your salvation. We rejoice in what you do. We rejoice in the victory you've already given us in Christ. Hallelujah. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The word of the testimony which we have is a, is a scriptures. We have it. That we will confess that we are more than conquerors. That we are overcomers in Christ Jesus. That he loves us. That we will confess and say there is therefore no, no, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. God is for me. Who can be against me? This is our testimony. We will keep declaring it. We will keep speaking it. Because this is what God has done. Father, we cherish this. We are grateful. And bless you. Continue to keep us. In Christ Jesus. Amen.